Hello, Mech Warriors, and welcome to the Mech Bay, where we fix your mech and fix your game. What's going on, Mech Warriors? I'm your host, Josh, and today we're talking about whatever help your CO could get for the rest of the company. That's right, we're talking about battlefield support, artillery, and airstrikes, and all the other mines that they could throw down before you guys got to the battlefield. But first, as always, let's talk about some hobby progress, some hobby news, and some fan mail. Okay, so hobby progress. What has everyone up to? I've I've had a light week, so Dustin or Denim, one of you guys roll with it first. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been playing my games uh, two or three a week still. I have been cleaning off my desk in preparation to paint another batch. We'll see how that goes. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm mostly this week I've just been fixing my 3D printer, so... I've been doing a little bit of something else, but I'll talk about it after we do the news segment. So we really don't have any hobby progress is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's that's pretty much correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, I glued together my Mad Cat TC and my Hammerhead. Nice. Together as one conglomeration of... I actually (laughs) thought about that. And you know what? I knew you would say it. and I I did dry fit it. And I was like, I do kind of like the Mad Cat with hammer hands. I know. It looked cool. Yeah. The hammer cat, yep. the timber head, like th- whatever no. combination of Frank and Mech yeah. you want, it works. It, but yeah, so I dry fitted it. It looks fine. I, I, I wasn't willing to commit either one to a Frank and Mech, but instead I did take my Timberwolf TC and cut the upper lasers off, the ER mediums, because yep. I'm trying to do the kind of close to the A, but also the Blessed Order variant, which is just two PPCs and two SRM6s. So it's pretty close to the A. It's yeah, pretty I mean, close to the A. Yeah, I really need to like the, the perfect ones are like Loki arms. That's what you, you want to put Loki arms on your bad cat. And that's those are the ones that look the best. So I'll probably grab another Loki and cut that one to pieces. <laughs> yeah, the, the TC's arms are a little wide. Like they're yeah. very not close to the chest, which is how I normally like my, my yeah. mech arms. Yep. The TC looks Kind of like a bird. It's about to take off. It's a lanky MMA fighter just waiting for its debut fight. Well, the, the, the TC Stop arms version. remind me too much of the original Vulture arms. The the uh, Mad That's Dog. why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And without the elongated body, the, the Timberwolf body is too round. So it doesn't look right. So yeah, not much, not too much hobby progress. But, but uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, what did you guys think about the, the sculpt quality of the Mad Cat TC? So... The hammerhead ones uh, were a little bit wonky, but but Catalyst acknowledged that and has a plan for replacing the torsos for people who have that issue. For the hammerhead, not for the TC. For the for the hammerhead, yes, my TC yeah. was fine. I had no problem. Okay, with, okay. I, either of my either of my TCs, they both looked fine. Yeah, I'm lame. I didn't get either one of them, so that's fine. You've got enough mad cats in a pile of shame. I I have a lot of mags in general. <laughs> Josh is like, I know you. <laughs> I, I needed the parts. A lot of mechs. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But uh, yeah, I was, I will say at first, I thought this was the lower quality one, but after a while, I kind of got like it's somewhere in the middle. Like, I feel like this is just the quality we're to expect out of uh, Monster Fight Club. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I know a lot of people were turned off of the hammerhead, but I think now with production issues kind of smoothing out. I think everyone can wait for wave one to 
reach people, see how the quality is from like online reception comments and stuff, and then then make the call on if it's worth it or not to them. Agreed. Yeah. I'm willing to wait. I'm willing to you know buy everything they do just to keep them in business. <laughs> but I have problems, and everyone knows it. I have a problem, and I'm okay with it. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, the first so- step is acceptance. And I didn't go to any other steps. Yeah, so that's it for hobby progress for me. And it doesn't sound like either of you got any hobby progress in. No, I prepped, though. A lot of prep. Zero actual hobby progress. That's fine. We had a lot of other stuff happen this week. Boy, do we. So uh, Why, Josh? What are you talking about? Let's move on (laughs) to the news sections. So in Battletech News, you may have noticed, but we have a new logo. Woo! Woo! Um. I would like to thank Alan Blackwell for designing and sketching the Greyhound mech, which is essentially the same mech slightly tweaked from my Pimp My Mech episode. That was a good episode. It was a good episode. And I thought, let's just get Alan Blackwell, world-renowned Battletech artist, (laughs) to actually put his pen to some paper or whatever 3D stylus to... Tablet? Tablet. I, uh, yeah, there you go. Tablet. Yeah. Art tablet. <laughs> so, to all our listeners, I just want to say that that I enjoy uh, customizing, you know, making custom mechs. Going to a world-famous artist and having them create you know, a custom version of, of the art for your mech every time is not really, you know, a part of the natural process. What? Uh, but, if, <laughs> it, but if that's what you do, then then go for it. I mean, part of it was I can't imagine what a mech, what a custom mech looks like until like it's solidified. Like, I think we had that discussion yeah, on that episode, <laughs> and I remember going, "That's not how I do it at all." <laughs> but that's why you have an Alan Blackwell custom <laughs> custom <laughs> sketch. Yeah, it's too nebulous. So I asked someone with professional mech drawing experience to draw me it. I was like, "Here's what I envisioned," but I can't like give you any true concept so i literally just sent him like the vision board of uh all the mechs i like and i was like it's like all these smushed together and distilled down with all the it's good like parts. this is 17 pictures of mongooses and black knights what are you talking about you joke but there were like three mongooses in that <laughs> google doc <laughs> well as as the uh, the mascot of the mech bay that greyhound looks fantastic and then i'd love to thank the graphic designer my wife for actually doing the logo part of it because you know what? I tried to find actual graphics designers and I couldn't find exactly what I wanted. And she was like, I can do this. You realize this, right? <laughs> like to thank, like I said, both of them for helping get our logo up to snuff. So that's a quote, copyright free. We got a mascot mech now and a professional logo to boot. So rock expect- on. So expect to see the Greyhound mech and the Mech Bay logo slapped on every every surface you can find shortly. All the stickers. Yeah. Uh, t-shirts, hats, shot glasses. You know it. I'm going to have it on everything. Uh, so what other kind of news is there, Josh? We saw Catalyst announce essentially what they're going to be having on hand at Gen Con next month. So they've got a, they got a good sizable chunk. And we finally get to see what that last mech in the Alpha Strike box is that everyone was trying to figure out because it wasn't on the box art p.s it's a warhawk and we're all kind of hey there's already a warhawk exactly so (laughs) yeah um but we did get a deeper look inside the alpha strike box and it is going to have its own mini alpha strike battlefield support deck included in it 
Right. So mini, mini, just as in it's it's tailored for the Alpha Strike experience, uh, which is slightly different than the classic experience. Correct. But as of right now, the Battlefield support deck is only for classic. Yeah. Because it's tough to put minefields down on on an Alpha Strike board. So they'll have the mercenary theme beginner box with the Vindicator. They'll have Empire Alone copies. They'll have Techno Readout Dark Age. A Time of War reprint. Like, yep. Do people play RPGs here? Like I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I played maybe. a Time of War. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> it know was it. a while ago, and it probably won't happen again for a very long time. But I've, I, I I've put time. years into it. And of course. Counters pack battle force. Yep, I got one of those. I know. We got reprints. Lots of reprints. Lots yeah. of reprints. We got uh I think it's a new book. Land of Dreams is out. Randall in Bill's novel. You can get it print on demand and in ebook form, as most things these days are available. Yeah. Also a question of survival, the new clan ghost bear versus jade falcon book i hear that's actually really good so yeah i'm excited about it i am not read it yet but uh i i like some ghost bears eating this some uh jade falcons nominal yeah. I, I don't want to go too into spoilers but it sounds like it's setting up some later ill clan drama which i love yeah drama drama well, i love drama love- in the universe we do. We love that drama. If everybody's not fighting everybody else, then that seems like a wasted opportunity for a Battletech setting. Yeah. One of the cool new things they'll have at Gen Con is 10 new metal dice pucks. So uh, they'll have the Republic of the Sphere, which I think is a little weird considering they just killed off the Republic of the Sphere. <laughs> so it's like, we're selling you the last last vestiges of their empire. Oh, come on. I, no, because if, if people like the faction, then whether it's there or not, like I've got a smoke Jaguar set, uh, you don't hear me complaining that, you know, they may or may not have killed them off. Um, there's a just, few mercenary groups that may or may not exist anymore. I I have no problems with them making a Republic of the Sphere uh, dice puck. I think that's great. I, I mean, know. how are you going to roll dice for the your RAF insurgency force in the Ill Clan era? You need your Republic dice for that. <laughs> so they're still out there. Yeah, yep. so we've got a Republic of the Sphere, Clancy Fox, Rosselhog Dominion, Raven Alliance, Magistry of Canopus, Kellhounds, Hanson's Rough Riders, Avanti's Angels, Blackthorns, and Comanchos Caballeros. I was surprised that they had Caballeros in there. I was like, what? Okay. They've got some good novels about them, so they, that doesn't yeah, surprise do. me too much. We've read a couple in Book Club. Uh, yeah, so there'll be a bunch of other stuff. There'll be displays of new games, and they've got an update for the Battletech Tactical Companion app. So you'll get some more quality of use upgrades only if you're on iPad. <laughs> yeah, iPad. it's so problem. It's yeah, Apple exclusive. That is all right. Well, I mean, what do you do? Well, I hope that's for development and they branch out later. But um, they've got so much competition with Flex and that runs on almost anything. I've seen it ran on a potato. <laughs> Back in my day, we had two sticks and a rock and we ran Flex sheets off of it. And we had to share the rock. One of those sticks was a pencil, and the other one was a piece of paper. Yeah. That's just regular battle tech. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was back in my day, yeah. But yeah, so there'll be some uh, regular gaming. They'll be showcasing regular battle tech, their Leviathans, Alpha Strike, and then their Shadowrun. So you can find all that this upcoming weekend if you're in the Gen Con local area. And you have tickets. And you have tickets. That's the big part. 
Well, you have to tell me about this thing you have written here, the Ironwind Metal casting issues. Yes. So this has been a, I want to say, creeping development that I've slowly seen is some of the newer Ill Clan era, oh. like Hero Falcon, Carrion Crow have some like cr- cracking is the best way to describe it on metal. the actual metal. Yeah. Interesting. And it's thick it's... enough that it could be an actual panel line if it was intended to, but it's not. It's just cracking of the mold and deformation. Does this have anything to do with Malvina? Probably. Okay. But uh I wasn't aware of the issue until they announced that they've corrected the issue. But no kidding. if you have had that issue, I would definitely be contacting Ironwind Metals to see if you can get it exchanged if they're now fixing it, because these look like drastic not something that i'm paying 15 dollars for a brand new model for they're, they're good people they'll, they'll 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 make it right yep besides battlefield support decks are back in stock and will should be hitting retail shelves this week yeah that is true exciting though this by the way is the uh the corrected print with the missing cards not missing anymore that heavy airstrike life yeah. just ain't the same unless you got a heavy airstrike in your pocket it, it's important. The heavy air strike is one of the best. So real quick, it looks like all of the Battlefield support decks that are coming out right now are still Gen 1 reprints. So there is no heavy air strike in them. And we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but uh, all right, now for some some fan mail. So first we've got Bill Saunders. Uh, Bill writes, great podcast, gents. Listen to episode episode 36 and yes i care about the battle force tokens <laughs> see this is the plan escalating size campaign with minimum six missions modified as needed or to taste three at classic battle tech lance level then two at alpha strike company level then one glorious grand final battle at battle force level because battle force needs love too yours truly a concerned mech warrior I am so down with that. I mean, not a Tuesday night game, but you know, <laughs> say say a Saturday and Sunday event, maybe. I'm just like, how do these Battle Force people find my email? Like, is it that is that easy we to find? We give it out to them. No, we give it out. No, no. But uh, <laughs> thanks. I Bill. appreciate the love. Great idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. And another one, Sam B writes, "Your podcast is awesome. Been a fan since I started listening all the way back on." May 31st, 2022. Man, they got that HPG date right then and there when they got the Comstar bill. But i uh, been slowly working my way through the backlog, currently on number 25, Civil War, and I really love the show and I'm a huge fan of the Discord. Please keep up the great work and looking forward to finally getting into the spot where I'm just sitting around waiting for the next episode to drop. Oh, shucks. <laughs> uh, and this next part's for you and for Dustin, a special hate mail section. Oh, no. What did I do <laughs> yeah. this time? I hate how big you guys are into the painting of the minis. I've never been into that. I just want to roll dice. But now, thanks to all of your persistent talking about it, building a great community of support on the Discord with the Hobby Progress channel, I'm committed to buying up the necessary materials to paint my starter eight pack from a game of armored combat. I hope you have peer fun. pressure. Peer pressure. <laughs> peer pressure. Painter no, die. The, Painter the primer die. gray is a valid unit color choice. Honestly, you really like, wash on there too. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's asking you to like fully commit and showman piece. You know, belongs in a museum. I just make it whatever color you want, and just let your imagination take you the rest of the way. Yep. Nobody's gonna look at your mini and be like, "Ugh, I hate that." I'm not playing with you. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody. Nope. I've never had it happen. 
But uh, thanks for writing in, Sam. Keep on listening. Keep on painting. And we'll keep on broadcasting. All right. <clears throat> games played. All right. Who's gotten the most games in this week, considering there was no painting? Oh, that's true. Uh, I only had two in this past week. Oh, man. Just two? Yeah. Dustin, did you beat him? No, I got one game in. Hey, you know Hey, what? that's that's great for Dustin. Yeah, let's go with is. Dustin's game first. Uh yeah, it showed up to just like we got the Sunday thing going on locally. Uh, and I played a reintroduction game. So there are plenty of people who played back in like the early nineties and you know, life happens and this was another person like that. And so I ran them through uh just all the basics again and getting them back up to speed. So hope to see him out again. And uh, I mean, if you don't play intro games, you don't get new players to play against. So always happy to do it. Yeah. You were ready for like a big ill clan era game and you were like, Nope, I got to get fresh blood first. That's right. You got to step down. You got to, I'm investing. It's an investment. You exactly. Know? I'm looking for that return on interest, man, or return on investment, that ROI. <laughs> They're intro tech today. They're ill clan tomorrow. That's right. That's right. Um, how about, about you, Denim? Yeah, I've been doing a lot of trial positions for people over at uh, over at the store, getting ready for whenever we end up doing the Tukiid campaign. We need to have everybody, uh, uh, you know, who's the the star colonels, who's the star commanders, star captains, and lowly mech warriors. Josh isn't going to play in the Tukiid campaign, is he? I hope so. I hope I we I need some <laughs> some Comstar players. You need your one local Comstar player <laughs> with actually painted Comstar. Yeah, yeah, he is necessary. Who here out of the whole community is willing to just take the brunt of the clan force? <laughs> Josh, you'd like it. Yeah, who's only going to play Intersphere Max? <laughs> hey, you get a lot of uh, battlefield support points though. That's right, and that's also why we're talking about this tonight. But uh, I do have a question. What's the distribution? Because you've actually been doing like actual trial positions, so three Correct. versus one. What would you say? Because it's Star... It's Mech Warrior. Mech Warrior. Star Commander, Star Captain, Star Colonel. Mm-hmm. And you're doing, if they get it all the way, they get all the way. But Oh, yeah. How many are you seeing go up, and how many are you seeing fall? All right, so most <laughs> most people most people make it to Mech Warrior. A couple people don't quite, and they have to. They'll have to do their trial again because uh, their cadet just just wasn't worthy enough, or took uh, you know fourteen points of damage to the cockpit due to unlucky <laughs> rolls. It happens. Uh, it does. It happens quite a lot. So a couple a couple of them wash out. Most of them are mech warriors. We've had quite a few star commanders. Um, the occasional star captain. I think maybe three. St- Star captains. And we had one fellow, I am embarrassed to say, I forget their name right now, but they were on the fast track to Star Colonel. They had already initiated the the Grand Melee, um, and they had taken a medium laser hit to the cockpit a few turns before. Uh, But otherwise, their mech was in great shape. Lots of armor. Plenty of weapons, lots of lots of weak targets ready for the picking. <laughs> I know how this ends. And yep, he made it. He failed a he failed a PSR and fell on his cockpit and just smashed smashed his poor pilot into little bits. Which oh. means that he does not get to keep his star captain rank because his pilot died. Dead. So he has to start over. He burns so bright. Right. 
if if your mech is destroyed but your pilot survives, you get to keep the last rank you earned. Ah. So if on that turn that he fell over, he had been able to take out one more mech and his pilot had survived, he would have been our first and only star colonel. So you're seeing like half the people can make mech warrior, like half of those people can make star commander, the next one's star captain. Right, Star Captain is super rare, and then Star Colonel and that almost two per, that two percent top of the Sibco Rise Star. Can yep, make his it. super super Rise Star. Yeah. Yep, very very much so. Except uh, you know the fate was not on their side. Right, it was, uh, but it was fun to watch. Like we had a we had a group around the table watching this, oh, boy. watching how this ended. Stakes were high. It was it was fantastic. I can't wait to see our next person get that close. <laughs> Any other games, or is that pretty much it? Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I'll be running one tomorrow, but that's tomorrow, so it doesn't count. That's true. I got two games in. I played a local player coming in hot off their Coastal Carolina Battletech tournament win. Congratulations Ooh. to Obsidian Anubis on the Discord for winning that. And I played them in a essentially bunker-busting mission where each of us had two bunkers and we had to destroy them. And I got my butt kicked. I'll 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 be the first one to admit that. I lost uh, my Mad Cat TC first first time taking it out. Takes a headshot, and I was like, "That's not that bad." Falls down, falls on the face. I was like, oh, all right. Mm. Well, it is like the the, 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 Mad the weak Cat head armor. Is right the weak head in, armor, right in the middle of its torso. It's like it goes down, you know, face first. Yep. Like the first thing it's hitting is the face. Crunch. That game was actually kind of weird because I was losing mechs fast enough that I had to completely shift gears and go purely to hitting the objectives. And I had a six-man squad of battle armor just jumping, hoping they could hit, and like literally doing the math. Okay, I need to roll this much per turn before I start losing battle armor. And it came down to me losing by one point. Losing the battle by one point, but losing... Everybody except one of my mechs, which was almost legged and just crawling off the battlefield. I killed none of theirs. Ooh, wow. But it was still a great game. Good. Uh, I also got a 3500 BV game in. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. That, that The opponent specifically requested a quick, low BV game. And I was like, well, low BV doesn't always mean quick. I'll be the first one to say that. But right. they were like, I just want to take like three intro-ish mechs i was like okay so they had a hunchback a thunderbolt and a bushwhacker and see yeah it was good because if you're playing low bv and you take just nothing but lights that's when you get the quick game that's actually long but that's good (laughs) so you guys got like heavier just less heavy stuff and but you took a lot of combined arms right i took one mech two vehicles and a battle armor squad okay yeah, he didn't. He didn't tell me until I was leaving the house that he wanted a low BV, and I was like, "Look, man, I got to print off sheets for this." <laughs> <laughs> so I went with what I got, and I took a demon tank, an allar, a purifier squad, and a bowl of stealth tank. I should say. I say that. Yeah, that's one of those had stealth, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't really come into effect because we only played on one map sheet. So oh, okay, yeah. It, it, and like I said, the skills were weird, but. There was a lot of like 20 point rounds going around. So it's like you either hit or you don't. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Heavy gauss on a vehicle, I guess that's kind of 
easier to use than on a mech yes i didn't have to do any of the psr rolling to see if i stayed standing from the recoil i did have to like double check that the heavy gauss is so big they had to weld the turret in front only i was like wait this this mech or this vehicle that has a turret can't use the turret function is is that indicated on the sheet in any yeah way? yeah it doesn't have a turret like it's just, oh, okay okay yeah, good yeah. all right but it but that's, that's it traditionally right. has a turret so i was like yes. okay i'm using the actual model why is can i not and then i had to look and i was like oh oh <laughs> it's too big i love it but um that's awesome yeah, I got my first successful swarm to mech kill. That that felt good, that game. <laughs> the first one is always the best. Then you're like, wow, these things really do rock. I'm like rolling to see like where my battle armor is scrambling on the mech like ants. Like the next turn, yeah. like, okay, right torso, left torso. And then it was like, right torso, rear. Oh, yeah, get in there, boys. <laughs> They're crawling all over me, Captain. Yeah. It's a lot of damage. A lot of potential crits. Yeah. <laughs> But um, if I if it had gone on one more turn, he was willing to jump his thunderbolt into a bottomless pit on the fungal sheet just to oh. get rid of just to get rid of my battle armor. That would do it, yeah. Because then I would have lost because uh my my Eller's ultra ultra auto cannon had already jammed turn one, and I was like, okay, <laughs> oh, we're fighting downhill, boys. Did, didn't you? So your your Eller's AC. 10 right yeah. jammed mm-hmm. or ultra ac 10 and jammed turn one and then what was it the last game you played with your oler it got its arm shot off it has never had more than <laughs> one successful round of shooting in a game with the ac 10 and i'm like but it never dies like then it just uh, takes the whole right arm off or something yeah and then no one ever shoots at it again because yeah. why bother yeah oh they it put ac 20s time. into its legs it died <laughs> My poor Kit Fox, my squeezing arm. <laughs> but uh, I will say that demon tank with a heavy Gauss rifle and a targeting pewter, if you can get a mech to shut down, oh, mm, yeah, mm, it's so good. Aim shot at the immobile target. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those are my two games. And nice. definitely, I want to say I'm more interested in lower BV games because I know the trend is to kind of keep pushing bigger and bigger. But I'm like, what's a, what's a, low bv game like what's your lowest comfortable bv and i'm i'm of the 2000 like i won't go below 2000 what what about you guys oh like when does it stop becoming BattleTech? yeah when does it stop becoming BattleTech? because i feel like at below 2000 you're no longer really doing damage you're just either trying to do psrs and kicks or right i was gonna say it goes down to melee real fast yeah it's so much more damage than any of your weapons hmm that is i would want to play test some of that yeah like you could yeah you could have a cinematic battle with like a stinger and some light armor like a scorpion and yeah you could take it pretty low but yeah i'm kind of with you 2000 any lower than that sounds because then you're just throwing like two light mechs or light mech and a some small piece of armor on the table at 1500 yeah i i have a a small um scenario i had recently set up where it was just two squads of inner sphere um uh (sighs) hold on sorry it's okay it's monday night i don't know why i decided monday night what the hell is an elemental it's about battle armor yeah (laughs) you can just say elemental I recently, well, it was Inner Sphere. I recently set up a scenario where it was two squads of Inner Sphere 
battle armor against a um an urban mech Ooh. on a city map <laughs> with an objective. Like they're all slow. It's about the same BV. Yeah. But but like in my head, cinematically, it was really awesome with uh, oh, yeah. you know, the the mech, if it runs, it's faster than than what the uh the battle armor could jump. So, you know, in my head it was super awesome. But uh, you know, that's a really low BV game. And um was it fun? on the table it's not quite as cinematic as in my head. <laughs> but I wanted it to be. What's that? He kills one battle armor trooper if he hits, maybe. <laughs> A turn. Yeah. If he moves, it's plus one. And if they jump, if he, it's plus three. <laughs> and if he jumps, it's plus five. You oh, know. Lord. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that's my my concern is if you go low BV, you need to be able you can do damage. And like we were taking like one shot mechs and stuff. Like, okay, you either hit or you don't. Like it's fast like that. And if you hit, you're doing hard damage. So go Hollander. Yeah, no, that. But that's exactly it. You stuff like a Hollander, Hunchback, those are low PV ex- primo mechs. Yep. Bang for your buck. Or as I like to call it, Bachalan broke. <laughs> but, uh, Just a bunch of glass cannons. That's what yeah. you need. Keep it quick. You uh what's the word? It's a Salhama game. That's what it is. There you go. But yeah, so that's uh pretty much it for the hobby progress, hobby news, fan mail, and games played. After that, let's Tune in, see what's coming on the store HPGs. Okay, so we've got a new product from Fortress Miniatures and Games. Death Ray Designs has some new decals for their Steel Rift line, and we've got the classic nose art for a shark's mouth, the hazard stripes, 6mm numbering, and spray-on graffiti decals for your terrain or custom mechs. These transfer sheets are some of the most jam-packed I've seen, and I want everyone here to know that nose art is just begging to be put onto a Timberwolf. And Ares Games and Miniatures has a bunch of restocks from Catalyst, including the long-awaited initiative deck, Battlefield support decks, both the Comstar miniature packs, and another Camo Specs online auction for Melissa No. This time for a Wolf's Dragoons Wolverine, and I'm going to say, it looks awesome. Hi, it's Vince with VibroChop. You're going to be in a great mood all day chopping your problems away with the VibroChop. Now look, your home planet gets invaded. My home planet gets invaded. It's a real problem. A big clan and elemental enters your house. What are you going to do? Stab it with a knife? Get real. Shoot it with a bullet? That bounces right off. Worthless. Now look, with the VibroChop, one chop goes right through that armor. Two chops, that limb comes off. Five seconds, it looks like coleslaw. It's so easy, I could do this all day. Your grandma could do it. Kids could do it. The reason you're going to chop away all day is it's so easy to clean. One, two, and the blade pops right out to clean. Now these other ones you've seen in the stores, hard gel, gets in the handle. All the stores have this. You can't clean it. You can't open this up. It's worthless. Forget about it. The Vibro Chop sells for $299.95, but if you call now for the next 20 minutes, because you know we can't do this all day, you get another one absolutely free. That's two for $299.95. Order today. All right, and we are back. And guess what? We're talking about BSPs, the ABCs of BSPs. Insert copyright-free music here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so BSPs, a.k.a. Battlefield Support. Points? Points. BS. (laughs) So, okay. You know what? While we're here, while we're here, how do we refer to them? Because I refer, it's just Battlefield Support, but that doesn't sound right. Why are they BSPs? Did we make that up and we've been wrong this whole time? Is it just BS? Battlefield support? Yeah. Well, well it is Battlefield. Battlefield support deck. 
BSDs and BSPs, but the no, unit they use parentheses BSP. It's in the book right yeah. here. BSP yeah. cost. Yeah, yeah. Right. So no, it's because an actual thing. Yeah. yeah, the BSP is a thing. So it's battlefield support point because yes, the point battlefield support point parentheses BSP cost. It's official. Correct. You you purchase your battlefield support whoa, 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 with the battlefield we'll, we'll support get there, points. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get just, there. I know. I'm I know. I know. Dustin. Talking dust. You keep inviting him onto this podcast, so Look, I have to. You keep You find someone myself. better. You find <laughs> someone better that wears a shot collar as well as he does. That is the, like, that is the that is the the rub there. All right. So yeah. So BSPs, aka battlefield support points, part of the battlefield support deck, and in the battle mech manual, battlefield support section. There we go. That's the whole thing. But yes, so now that the Battlefield support deck is back in stock, we wanted to talk about what's in it, what you get out of it, how to squeeze every last Long Tom shell for what it's worth. And man, is it worth it. Quick note, uh, if you may remember, the Atlantic City Open used Battlefield support deck. They're official. They are official, and they are, I don't want to say pushed, but encouraged for use as an official game product not just an add-on for flavor yeah as someone who has used them i totally agree this is this is something that should be a part of of way more battles than it is right now um it is it is a fantastic idea are these stratagems for our 40k players Shh. <laughs> no i yeah yes we'll discuss yes. later <laughs> But yeah, so what are the battlefield support options? So we've got minefields, we've got airstrikes, strafing, and air bombing. We've got defensive air cover. We have artillery. I can't think of anything else that I would throw into a, quote, battlefield support than that, which is really just the things you're not taking with you for the battle itself. Yeah, this is kind of all the stuff that you can technically officially do. Um, the easiest of which I would argue is, you know, the minefields and the artillery, but then like aerospace strafing. You have not played this. You actually listed the two most intensive ones and the uh, strafing and bombing runs are by far the easier options to use. Yes. By far. No, no, no. I mean, if you're playing classic battle, if you're playing out of the total warfare book. Ah, gotcha. Yes. So, uh, Yes. That's what I was kind of saying. Like, nobody wants to learn how to use the aerospace assets. I'm sorry. That's just like a lot I of rules. I just bought that book again. Again, he says. <laughs> Where do you find the guru? Like, who is the pedagogue for teaching <laughs> aerospace? Uh, I don't know. And so, yeah, it's there. But do you know anybody that's used it? So, yeah, the, I think this looks super cool. Full disclosure, I didn't get to use them yet but yeah the strafing and the bombing looks dope yeah this is all the stuff that you would normally have to learn a lot of extra rules for and pay the battle value for but you can just take your bsps instead how are they balanced well it's part of the name it's battlefield support points or bsps so there are four point levels encouraged in the battle mech manual and then you can either get five points 12 points 20 or 35 points to spend throughout a game and the four options are not tied to any BV levels, unfortunately. They are just four flavorful cost levels that you and your opponent can agree on. So if you want a full-on like war level, 
with both military bases behind you giving you constant 24 7 support go with the 35 if you're just wanting a light raid and you might get one aerospace run you go with five instead so right how cinematic do you want your battle to be yeah what do you guys think about that giving just four levels of cost without suggested bv levels well it it should be mentioned that these are only suggestions um you can do whatever numbers you want. And I do. I, I I have gone from very, very few. I've gone as low as six. I've never gone down to five. I've gone as low as six. And I think I've gone up to 45 or 50. Um, And it, wow. it does change the feel of the game. It makes it feel a lot more like, uh, like your favorite mech battles in any of the novels that have been out. Mm-hmm. Because all of those, um, not all of them, all the big ones tend to also have combined arms and airstrikes and and artillery coming in from from off the map and it it makes it feel a lot more like that so i encourage people to use them and i encourage people to use a lot of them now did you did you find that there was like a comfortable correlation between the bv and the bsp points or was there like a sweet spot for kind of any bv all right, you, you've got the most experience. <laughs> so, Let's break so out the math. How I've been doing them is clan versus inner sphere is very difficult to balance when you want to have few enough uh, units on the board to get a game done in just a few hours. Yeah, instead when you of don't want you know the inner sphere brick company versus the right the star. So, so so to keep to keep it from from like. A full star of clan mechs versus 18 or 20 inner sphere mechs. Uh, I try and get a lot fewer inner sphere mechs, but really pad them out with uh, with BSPs. And that way it gives them the home field advantage. So they have the artillery, they have the, the battlefield seated with minefields, and they have their um their aerospace assets coming in from you know the local the local airport or dropship that they're being launched from. And that gives them quite a bit of an edge um, without you know, having to flood the, the field with a bunch of mechs that are going to take forever to, to move. So that's how I tend to do most of my games. I've only had like one or two games where both sides had, had BSPs. How many BSP are you doing in the game you just talked about? Like uh, that one was like thirty-five minimum. Okay. Um, one of them, one of them is one we went up to to way more, like forty-five or fifty. I was trying to figure out like what the correlation between uh, battle value and BSPs were. There is no official stance on that yet. Give me the denim official. Yeah, the the denim official is still is it's somewhere Does between he- one hundred and two hundred and fifty battle value per BSP. Okay. Yeah, depending on on like what you use, because some things seem a lot more powerful than others, but also it's just how lucky did you get that game? So I don't I don't know yet a really good one, but I feel it's somewhere in the in the hundred battle value range. Cool. Not that you need to balance. You you don't, um, but it's it's still. I mean, like both sides need to have a chance to win. Yeah. Yeah. I can see some fun, flavorful games where like one side is defending a base and has more BSPs to make up for 
less BV or something like that. But right, it it's it's really great that way. The the people who were playing, uh, even the the clan players, saw very quickly. Oh yeah, the inner sphere needs needs a little bit of a little bit of help. So uh, everyone had a great time, and, and they agreed it was very cinematic. And everybody who I've played with them is is very happy. And they want to do it more, which is why I'm super happy they came out with a Battlefield support deck, which we'll talk about at some point. Yeah, I'll be picking one up whenever I get a chance to. <laughs> By the time listeners have listened to this, I'll have one with heavy airstrike included. Fantastic. Nice. But uh, yeah, so like I said, so those are what they are and how they're balanced. But how do we actually use them? So let's start with just minefields because they're, I want to say, the right. weirdest they they are they do not they do not take effect as the rest of them do yeah. um all the rest of them are uh, single use items only like once they are used they either do damage or they don't but either way you have spent them they are gone you know before we talk about minefields let's talk about how you choose what you're going to get because that kind of does matter okay, okay. at the beginning of the game you decide how many total bsps you're going to get to spend on battlefield support um, you allocate each one of those points to something. Uh, any extra points that you don't use are just lost. Like you don't get to, to bring in extra stuff later. So at the beginning, before you even put mechs on the board, you decide, okay, I want this many minefields. I want this many artillery strikes. I want this much, uh, this much and this type of, of aerospace support. That way you've got. That's that's why the deck was so good is because it gives you cards that you can hold on to 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 do it. Otherwise, you just have to write it down. Uh, the yeah. deck is yeah. So I was reading the rules. I don't have the deck, but like yeah, you you write it down in secret. You have to allocate it ahead of time. No takey backsies or Correct. switching them up. But the deck is super cool in that way. Yeah, you just pull the cards out that you want to use, huh? Yeah, it's Neat. pre. It's all pre game bought before. Yep. Yeah, exactly. With you know, like uh, like your your. <sighs> The things from 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 Warhammer stratagems, stratagems like your stratagems. That's the last any any third reference to Warhammer, and I get a lawyer on my door. So that that's it. Sorry. Most of them you use them once they're gone. Minefields are a little bit different in that you decide how many points of minefields you want. You've got light, medium, and heavy. Um, and before the game starts, you write down in secret what hex numbers they're in and how many you put in each hex. You can have up to six groupings of damage in each hex per side. Mm. So you could put like one heavy, you could put a, a medium and a light in one hex to, to make it a total of six. Um, and those would be rolled independently. Yeah. So those are all in secret. Nobody knows where they are. Except you. In the move. What? Except you. You know where they oh, are. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the person who's putting them down knows. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's important and, and teamwork, like if you're playing with a team, it's important to use communication because, mm. uh, minds don't have a Santa Claus. They don't care if you're naughty or nice, they will blow up whether you are, uh, whether you're a friendly mech or an enemy mech. They don't discriminate. They do not. So anytime a mech enters that hex, you roll on the two hit number. If you roll the, the two hit number or above the minds go off and they hit the legs Otherwise, they don't go off at all, uh, and they just sit there, and they're still primed and ready for someone else. Mm, I love it. Whenever one gets set off, so that medium one has has four damage groups. 
and all of the the battlefield support um their damage is in groups so if it says four it means they do four groups of five points of damage each rolled individually so uh medium yep medium landmines do 20 points of damage to the legs of of a mech that enters at hex those poor locusts yep if you set off a minefield and it is successfully goes off it's uh its damage value is reduced by one so a medium goes from four down to a three and then a three to a two two to one and then once it goes to zero it's it's no longer a viable landmine field <laughs> those are pretty deadly they they can be they I can mean, be but the the two hit numbers are like eight oh, okay uh, on, on the light ones uh, no, it's a nine, a nine to hit with the light, eight on the medium, and seven on the on the heavy. So even a heavy one only goes off barely fifty percent of the time. Mm. So it's scary, and when they do go off, it is devastating. Yeah, but also sometimes they just don't go off, and then you know it's there. So unless somebody pushes you back into it, uh, or or you, or you decide to try skin. something risky, yeah, then. <laughs> then uh you know so it it can certainly do its job but uh they're scarier than they are effective in in my experience okay yeah i mean i almost feel like you want the opponent to know that you've deployed a minefield and then have the cycle like they're more psychological than they are useful I tend to, I've noticed when people are setting up minefields, so they, they like to put them in choke points, uh, areas between terrain, which if you think about a game, that's not where, that's not where enemy mechs go, or at least end up. I try and find like the heavy woods, um, the heavy woods <laughs> behind a level one, you know, anything that gives, that gives the opponent a lot of benefit, you know, benefit. And that's where I put them. So you want to put uh, the only restriction to landmines are that you cannot put them in water. You can put them in any other full hex mm. on the map board. You can put them in buildings. You can. Nice. That makes sense. Yep. Um, they're pretty good. Uh, let's see. The the light ones have a damage grouping of two, medium four, heavy six. So that's a 10, 20, and 30 points of damage. Uh, but light density are very cheap. They each only cost half of a battlefield support point. I think it's hilarious that we could have had discrete units of battlefield support points, like one, two, three, and they're like, this one costs a half. And I'm right. Like, oh my gosh. Like nothing else costs a half. So if you buy one light minefield, you might as well just buy a second one. Yeah. Yeah. You you have to, really. Like they, <laughs> it's basically they come in pairs because there's nothing else that, that costs a half. So <laughs> So what else are you going to do? Well, and you could put both of those in the same hex, so it's the same amount of damage as a as a medium one, but you get to roll twice or mm. have to roll twice. So even though it's a nine or higher to hit, you at least get two chances to do at least some damage. So now, it is now just for my smooth brain and just clarifications because I feel like this is probably the most rules intensive for both players. So let's yes. say I put two minefields two let's just do light minefields and a one hex and then the hex right in front of it so there's a line the opponent is walking it's in their movement phase and they move they hit the first one do i tell them once they hit the first one or do i tell them once they've completed their movement that they walked over two mines according to the rules you tell them when they hit the first one Mm -hmm. 
Because then they have to think, do I want to keep walking or do I want to change my mind? Well, first we uh, have to see like if anything happens to their right. legs, so, if they could so fall, you stop slide. Them. Yeah, you go. Yep, you you go. stop them as soon as they enter the hex and you say, let me roll to see if the landmines explode. And so you roll. If they don't explode, everybody still knows that there's mines there. And you can either mark them or you can leave them unmarked uh, You know, to, to simulate battlefield fog of war because someone might forget and then walk back over them again anyway there are rules optional rules that have said that the person who controls the landmines can roll in secret but it's really tough to roll in secret <laughs> um the, I, we we talked about trying uh, talked about doing that and started to try that but it was so it was so bad that uh, we're like, no, no, let's just, you know, your mech can detect that there are, that there are landmines close to you, even if you don't set them off. Proximity Therefore, sensors, people. Yes. So it, it was, it was way more hassle and it was, it, the game just went a little bit faster when, as soon as someone enters a hex with landmines, you go ahead and roll whether or not it, it explodes. They know that landmines are there. So yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> nice. Uh, there are ways of detecting and clearing landmines. Uh, clearing man- landmines is pretty easy. It's basically <laughs> you shoot them, you shoot at them with uh, with anything super large, like an LRM twenty, a rocket launcher twenty, MRM twenty, thirty or forty, or an ATM twelve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think an ATM nine also works. Yes, but only the high explosive. Right. So you shoot, you shoot the hex, which is already a minus four, and you roll two d six, and on a five or higher. The uh, it reduces all landmines in that hex to zero. Oh, so Clear. they are considered they are considered dead. There are also special ammunitions in that are purpose built for landmines. But correct. And if you really want to slow down the game, <laughs> Use take, them. yeah. If you really want to slow down a game, though, take a mech with an active probe, <laughs> because a mech with an active probe can reveal landmines. Uh, at any point during a mech's movement, if it mounts an active probe and the effective radius of the probe covers any hex containing an enemy minefield, the controlling player of that minefield must make a roll on a result of 10 or higher. Any enemy minefields in that hex are revealed. Mm. The problem with that is that if suddenly you start rolling, they know that there is a minefield within X number of hexes from them, like four hexes for, for most probes. So what you have to do is every time they move, roll a two dice for every single hex that is rev- that it is covered by their probe without telling them which hex that you're rolling for or, <laughs> or like what the what the result is. And it just takes forever. It takes so long. I mean, some mechs have, you know, magnetometers, so they're like they're pinging like higher density levels and that or, and they just can't figure out where. But yes, I completely understand. I would rather it just be on a nine up after moving and if they finish their movement within, you know, Beagle Active Probe range. But I understand why it's there and I understand that it kind of gives active probes a better usage in classic play without breaking down optional rules. Yeah. Uh, But the more you play, the faster you get and the faster you get with the, the basics, then, you know, you know, somebody might want to take an active probe for those special missions. So just keep playing. You'll get faster. Now, I will say, isn't there a limit to how many mines you can put in a map sheet, like a hard limit? So you nope. can't just 
No, there there is not, uh, except for um, how much you want to stay friends with the people that you're playing against. Yeah. So the- if somebody took 35 BSPs, that's in a that's 70? a potential 70 light minefields that they can they can saturate the map with, and the only thing stopping that is the gentleman's gentle person's agreement. Yeah. Saying let's not be dicks. Yeah, the rule book literally says that like part of the we're using battlefield support points it's like you're, you're not going to use 70 light minefields right okay good <laughs> i'll use 68 <laughs> i mean at that point you're hopefully your opponent knows when you have you know 80 semi light mine tokens to just put yeah. around you're like hey what's that bag nothing nothing <laughs> at all you're like i'm taking only jumping mechs with big active probes no reason <laughs> And I'm firing LRM-20s into every hex before I go there. Yeah. I feel like there should be chain reaction rules just because of that. There should be, but but 30 meters per hex is, I know. is, is a lot. I know. All right, but so if, that, that is, that is uh, minefields the, in a nutshell. That is the most complicated of all of these. Out of the way. So are there any questions you guys have that I may have missed uh, since I've actually used these more than once? Nope. No. I mean, the only thing is, if you put six groupings worth of mines in one hex and your opponent puts six groupings worth of mines in one hex does that make it 12 and both you need to roll does make it 12 and you roll for yours because it does affect uh friendly mechs <laughs> and then they roll for theirs so you could take a you know 60 points of damage to your legs i just see the mech crawling on two stumps <laughs> yep like what was that what I want to do in my head is is just think about the poor infantry who are laying landmines in a minefield <laughs> across the street from the without field. without noticing whoa whoa it's long-range fazcom people we've we've got the go, yeah. purpose-built missiles for doing that's this. true we do yeah that makes way more sense but that's for lane mines during the game not pre-game and minefields are also unique in that they are done in the beginning of the game and they're not done during like the shooting phase right and also they can keep attacking over multiple rounds which none of the others can do pretty unique yeah. yeah, so minefields are complicated to to begin with, but once you use them, it's not that bad. It's the the hardest part is remembering, uh, is re- <laughs> remembering to pay attention where an enemy goes, so you can say, "Oh, you blew up." Yeah. So the, the one bad part about battlefield support is you kind of do need a whole another sheet just to keep track of it. Like, oh, if uh, what is it? The battle the battle mech manual has a sheet in the back, like one of the photocopy things, and you can get this off of. I think their site as a PDF, yeah. um, but it has a whole thing about battlefield support points. You know, these uh, mechs are hidden in these hexes. Uh, landmines are hidden in these in these hexes. You have X number of artillery supports and X number of things that you can just check off boxes on. Nice. Uh, I have a couple of those laminated that I keep in my in my sheet. But uh, look in the battlefield manual, battle mech manual, and and there's a really handy sheet for keeping track of that. So. An overall rating on mines, one to five. Two and a half. <laughs> I was going to say three or four just because of of uh, the psychological value. Like if they know that there's mines out there, the enemy is going to be, is gonna, well, it does slow down the game. That's why it's not a five. Okay. Because they start to think, oh, where could a mine be? Mm-hmm. And then they really second and, and triple guess their movements before they take them. Right. By, by two lights. Because they're half, so you just, if you're getting one, you're going to get two. It's buy one, get one. 
put them in the two most likely hexes they're going to want to sit in just so you can psychologically say, how many mines did I buy? I bought two. I could have bought 20. Nobody knows anymore. (laughs) Nobody knows. You just know that there are, in fact, mines, and that will terrify them. Then they're like, trust no forest. (laughs) Trust no hill. All right. That was was the most complicated. Should we go on to something a little bit easier now? The rest of them, aside from minefields, the rest of them, you wait until uh, the weapon attack phase of any turn of the game and you can declare some, um, none or all of your remaining battlefield support items, which you've already paid for, so you know what they are. So in the case of uh, these offensive aerospace support strikes, at the weapon attack phase, you can say, okay, well, I'm going to bring in two light strikes and a heavy strike, and I'm targeting these mechs. They can all be uh, target the same mech. They can all target different mechs. Doesn't even have to be a mech. It de- sorry, units. Yeah, it does not have to be a mech. It can be any unit. So for light strike, the target number is five. Heavy strike, target number is six. All the target numbers we say, none of them care about the enemy TMM. None of them care about terrain. None of them care about movement. It's just a straight up five for a light strike, a straight up six for the heavy strike. That's great. Uh, light strike hits. It's two groups of damage. So that's two groups of five rolled. And a heavy strike is four groups of five rolled. And the light is now, two battlefield support points and the heavy's three. So you get, right. I'd, I'd say at that point, uh, the heavy's a bargain. It is. For you know, it is. only one and a half times. The important part about the damage for most for most of these battlefield supports, so light strikes, heavy strikes, uh, strafing, um, bombing, or artillery on the on the detonation hex, all of those. When you do hit, you then roll a d6, and on a one through four, they attack. It attacks the front of the target. On a five or a six, it attacks the rear of the target. It doesn't matter with the strafing, like where the line is. Every single mech you hit, you have to roll that D6 to see if it's on the front or the rear. And we'll get into it, but the only time that's different is uh, if you're doing area of effect damage or scattering, and that comes in from the direction that it scatters or or spreads from the point of impact. Right. To my eye, the light and heavy airstrikes seem like they could really punish like a fast, light, or medium mech. Yeah. They will punish anything. <laughs> but now the... The, but, the sad part is, is that if you had already picked up a battlefield support deck, it is missing the heavy strike cards. It's so missing the best one. <laughs> the best one. It is missing it. And that's very sad. But yeah, if you if you land a light strike five up on a locust with like a four TMM and it hits the rear, like you're getting crit chances. That's that's nice. My only problem is when I want to hit the front of the mech, I hit the rear. When uh, I hit the when I want to hit the rear, I hit the front. And I'm like, why is it a five up? Like I want to say before my only problem with this is I can't just designate before the game like randomly or for that turn where where the fighters are in the uh, rotation. Right. Like I would rather it be that rather than a random roll. I, I understand the random roll because of aerospace is coming in cinematically once again in my head, <laughs> uh, even though the mech's facing is that direction, like he's moving his torso around trying to find that and not sure where it's coming in from. And the aerospace is doing its maneuvering and uh, it might hit the rear instead. So I, I get it. And, and I like it that way. Um, the, when we've played it, it has worked out well. Yeah. I mean, on average you're hitting the front Yeah, and it's only it's groups of five damage. So it's not just a solid, you know, it's not a big chunk. 15 Correct. damage hit. So it's going to yeah. go wherever it wants to go. One out of five stars. 
on on airstrikes. Five five stars. Ah, yeah, chef's kiss. <laughs> I love them. I want to say this. I mean, it's just a the most bang for your buck offensively with the most guarantee. Right. Like if, yeah, if, if if I wound something and it's running away or it's like got an objective <laughs> and it's just like I need an ace in the hole. Like, just do I have an eighty percent chance of of hitting it just for like one damage? all i need i'm i'm actually gonna say that it's four and a half stars because there is something in here i like i like better Ah, okay gotta gotta leave room for the ceiling here right all right moving on but yeah so yeah so those are your arrow fighters you know doing a little gun run but what's about the actual strafing gun run this is the a10s coming in just going burnt for like 10 seconds using all their ammo up we're talking about strafing I love a good strafe. And yeah, it's every time it happens, it's the A-10 that I hear uh, in the background in my head. So it's it's a little bit higher for the target number. It's a seven that's, to hit that's, instead of a five. Uh, I, don't, I mean, a so seven's better than an eight. I'll say yeah. that. It is. It, it's 50%. But, seven happens. Eight doesn't. <laughs> but you, you designate a five hex row and you attack every unit in that row. Mm. If there are multiple things in in a hex, it attacks each one of those. So it can it can hit a fair amount if they're all clustered up. And it does three damage groupings. So that's 15 points of damage per hex per unit that it hits. So if it hits five units, it does 15 points of damage to each unit. It's a little bit high. It's five. It costs five BSP to, to do it. Uh, and if you miss a unit, you still go on to the next one. Like you, you roll to hit for each individual unit in the strafing run. You don't just roll once. You roll for every single unit in there. So each unit in that line of five hexes generates a roll. Correct. Okay. Yep. And for each one individually, you roll on the front or rear, like that one d six. So it could hit some of them on the front, some of them on the rear. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. Now it specifically uh, says, remember to first roll 1d6 to determine whether each attack strikes the front or the rear of the mech. Now, the that. only question is, is that do I roll for the first one and that's like the direction it's coming or just per unit? So if there were per five, unit. Yeah. Okay. So it's multiple gun runs sometimes and it's one continuous gun run the next. It's a little abstract, sure. but it's also for fairness. It's the BCU. Correct. It's the Battletech Cinematic Universe. Right. Because <laughs> otherwise, like if you're doing a strafing run, you would find a line of mechs and you would just shoot all of them in the back if you could. Yeah. As fun as that would be, I think it would be way too powerful. Mm. Yeah. In which case, strafing would be a six out of five. So how many But it's not. It's, it? a, it's a four. It's, a four. it's super useful in certain situations. But if <laughs> mechs are spread out, if units are spread out, it's just not like it's not worth five points. But if you can dictate the engagement and kind of force them into like one or two hexes, and you know, get the, like the with, problem is you have to get them in a direct line. It's not like oh this one and then angle and then like make a weird Z shape. No, you it's it's a line. My thoughts on strafing is when is this going to be used best? Is it going to be used best early game, mid game, or like late game? Early game, I find I find a lot more units spread out. As, as the game goes on and gets into to onto the other side of the board um, when they're trying to, to flank uh, or get those those coveted rear shots. So at the beginning of the game, when they're all marching across from their point of entry, strafing tends to work the best. Um, especially, and I guess I guess any of these uh, aerospace support work the best 
if they're in level one water, if you can catch a line of of uh, opposing forces in the water and hit them with any of these, you roll on the punch table for all the damage. So even if you're hitting on the front, it's still a headshot one in six times. That's pretty spicy. It's no partial cover. It's right. Right. You roll. It's the same. The target number is the target number. So if you're hitting them with a, with a heavy strike, it, you roll a six. If they're in level one water, you take all four of those five point groups and roll them on the punch table. Mm. Spicy, spicy. It is. You catch somebody in level one water. It is devastating. Yeah. yeah. Strafing run in that situation is you get the most bang for your buck and it is worth way more than five at that point. If you can, uh, if you can get if they're in water. Correct. So you think maybe mandatory take one strafing just in case. I like options. So I, that's my problem is that I don't tend to, to, but you have to pre buy them. You have to pre buy them before the game. Exactly. You have to pre buy them. And I like to have options. Therefore I tend to buy a little bit of everything. So when I find something that's working really well against my opponent, I don't have a lot of those in my toolbox because I had a little bit of everything. But the more you play a person and you might get their their tactics, and then you can start tailoring your toolbox to the metagame of, of how they play. You know where I see this coming to a real effect? 3025 conga lines. <laughs> yes. You, you have one sacrificial mech that's just like, I'm going to lead the conga line. As his strafing as- also targets friendlies, uh, as do any of these. Yes. So... This is how you defeat conga lines, people. You set it up and you hit your own guy. And you could do all like you could do all of your strafings in in the same turn. If you have five of them, you could do all five of them in one turn. Strafing strong, not not overpowered. I don't want to think it's that it is five BSP, which is a very expensive. It is expensive. And and your your opponent does not always do what you want them to do. So besides, you know the little airstrikes and the strafing gun runs. We also have the rest of the aerospace fighter, which is the bomb base. And what are they filled with light and heavy bombing runs? Oh yeah. Now these, these are special and different from the uh, strikes in that they can scatter. So if you miss with a bomb, you roll on the scatter table. Well, you roll to see which direction it goes in and your margin of failure is how many hexes it goes. So if you miss really bad, it can go really far. But if you only miss by a little bit and there's the enemies are still clumped up, there's a good chance you're going to hit one of their other units anyway. All right, Dustin, uh-huh. the most powerful, the most powerful tool in this whole toolbox, in my opinion, is the light bombing. If the enemy has infantry of any sort. Mm. And the reason is, is because the light and heavy bombs do area of effect. Which hits every trooper. Every So if you drop this on a uh, point of elementals, so there's five elementals and they all have 11 hit points. <laughs> and it does three groups of five damage, which is 15 points of damage. I don't have that many fingers, but I think it's more than 10. <laughs> it, it is more than 11. And it is it is applied to every single infantry unit, not... Not the star itself, right. or not the point of elementals, but every individual elemental every takes 15 points of damage. Yeah. And if you hit a hex that has an elemental squad in it, it just disappears. 
I had to have to me. It was very painful. I just deployed my troopers. <laughs> I was I was so ready for them to, you know, because they were in woods. They were ready. They were hidden. He was like, bombing run. And I was like, no. Oh. Yep. <laughs> now, if uh, if you had not deployed your troops and they were still on, on the, the mech or whatever it is they carried into, then the standard rules apply where they only take damage if the battle damage grouping that you roll happens to hit like a torso that it's on there and then it has a chance of damaging the elemental. Yeah. So that that's totally different. But if they are deployed, then they all take it and they're all eliminated. So for three BSP... You can have infantry erasing buttons. Mm, that's nice because you said one BSP is roughly 100 BV. That's a good trade because there's lots of battle armor that's worth more than 300 battle value. Yes. And not and that normally, it's that way. But. And even if they don't have elementals, that's 15 points of damage that you can do. Uh, and if, if you find a group of mechs, even if you miss, you're probably going to hit someone else. I Yeah, on a five up, that's... <laughs> And the best part is, if you wait for them to deploy, you're going to be getting the mech that they dropped off to. Yes, because it's going to be near nearby. Yeah, it's area of effect, so it's everything in the hex. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you hit both the mech yep. and the infantry. Yep, that's, that, is, that is true. Bonus. You're right, Josh. <laughs> you are right, Josh. Good thinking. I did my homework. I also got it used against me. <laughs> So light light bombing, I give a, a five two because I love that one. Is, Heavy bombing is a, is like four because it's it's a little bit more expensive and, and a bit harder to hit. I mean, do you really need thirty damage versus fifteen damage? It, if you're playing against clan mechs and you want to drop that bomb on that that uh, that timber wolf that's walking in water, and you want to do thirty <laughs> points of damage to the punch table, yeah, that cockpit's just hanging out there. Yeah, it's it's just, just out there, just out there waiting for a bomb. You want to roll six individual? If you, yeah, you've got six individual rolls on a one in six chance of hitting the head. Odds are you're gonna get one. Yeah. So we didn't touch really on margin of failure and how that really works out. So for something like light bombing, which needs a five up, if I roll a five up, I've made I've I've made it, so I don't right, scatter yeah. at all. If I roll a four up, the difference between what the target role is and what my actual role is one. So then I scatter one hex in one random direction. Right. You just roll a D six and you've got the, it's, it's basically the same as the fall diagram for, for a mech. So you just follow that and go one hex. And so if you roll a three, that's a margin of failure of two. So you, you go that random direction, two hexes. Yeah. Now my thought is on that is the light bombing is very easy to get in the hex you need heavy bombing is a little harder with the seven up but because it has the ability to scatter does that make it more valuable unfortunately it's not multiple hex so it's only the hex that it's in that it can hit right uh and and it depends on how much your enemy is clumping up if they're clumping up a lot heavy bombs are like that's the way to go so if, if i'm playing someone that's i know is using a lot of weaker units and is running big stacks i will probably just try to go for one good heavy bombing because it's only one more battlefield support point so i pay 25 percent more i get twice as much damage out of it and the scattering doesn't matter as much yeah if the odds are you're going to hit something because if it misses it it's not wasted it's not 100 percent wasted yeah 
there is a chance it might hit something else. Light bombing for taking out that one squad of battle armor. Heavy bombing uh, for taking out, you know, vehicles and inventory and everything that's going to be in a hex. It's so important. So important that that light bomb, especially if you're playing against clan with elemental sport, it's just so important. What about you, Dustin? What do you, what would you think about taking out of all the air things? If you could only take one. Oh, if I could only take one. Jeez. I think the light bomb, I want to be able to put my, my munitions where I want them. I want them to land on target, especially if I'm going to just like delete some elementals. That's just too handy on a five up. Yeah, I almost feel like 15 damage is too strong just because of that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, like a two would have been better because then at least your elementals have a point left. They're yeah. they're not just gone. And you'd have to spend two bombs on them to to get rid of them completely. I agree. I think three might be might be too much, but that's what's in the rules, so yeah. That's why they're a five for me. I'm not here to wish list. I'm just here to yeah. call it how it is and say that I've lost entire battle armor squads to 15 damage me too me too because <laughs> uh i think the only battle armor that could survive is maybe a reactive and there's not a whole lot of reactive armor battle armor and buildings don't help buildings uh if if a unit is in a building hex then the building and the unit take the full amount of damage ah. so you don't get the you don't get the cv divisor like battle uh, like armor from from a building that you normally do from area effect weapons it does full damage to buildings and the unit in them yeah they were keeping it simple so yeah one out of five stars on the bombings five out of five for the light bombing um four four and a half for the heavy bombing now is that just because so easy and it does exactly what it needs to do yeah that's that's why is that light bombing is it's just an (laughs) elemental infantry killer it's 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 essential to have one or two of those. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with four just because the margin of failure scatter. But hopefully I'm not, you know, danger close, broken arrow, dropping bombs, two to three hexes close to my guys because I know Do it's it. going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like you said, taking it, the chance to take out an entire battle armor squad as soon as they deploy is just too strong. The only problem is our next things. That's right. Yep, this is important as well. So we've talked all about the offensive aerospace fighters, but what are your aerospace fighters doing? Just letting all of the opponent's aerospace fighters in to play? No, they're doing defensive air cover. With the defensive aerospace support, when you are purchasing your your units with your BSPs, you can also purchase squads of aerospace to defend against uh, strikes and bombings and strafing. So in that case, when somebody has declared, because during the fire phase, the items that are going to be used are declared all at the same time. So they will say, okay, I'm going to use a light bombing on your elementals. I'm going to do a strafe on this group over here, and I'm going to do a heavy strike on that demolisher tank in the corner. So you can look at the items that you have purchased, and if you purchase light or heavy air cover... You can then assign it to one or all of those those uh, attacking forces. So you can say, okay, well, I have you know uh, two heavy air cover and one light air cover, so I'm going to take the light air cover and assign it to the light bombing on my elementals 
because I would really like them to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> and because I really want them to, I'm going to go ahead and, and assign one of my heavy strikes, my heavy air covers on that as well. And then I will use my last heavy air cover on uh, to defend my my demolisher. And then there's a yeah, then there's a target number, and you roll it. And if you uh, if you make that target number, then they successfully intercept the aerospace uh, attack. And if not, it gets through and does its normal attack. But yeah, so I really like the light defensive air cover and the heavy defensive air cover. Like I feel like these are almost mandatory takes. Just because, right. and it's not oh, a catch-all, yeah. so one doesn't doesn't do everything perfectly. So you have to. I feel you both. have to take at least one of each for for that clutch that clutch moment where you have to defend, you know, whatever whatever key unit that you've got that that is under attack. I mean, after hearing about what happened to Josh's battle armor, I'm going to take maybe two of each. <laughs> right, and they're they're not expensive. They're, they're easy comparatively numbers. they're. Yeah, they're they're cheap. So a light air cover is one BSP, and a heavy air cover is two BSP. And light co- uh, light air cover versus a light strike—that's a three up. Like that's free real estate. Don't roll, don't roll snake eyes. That's all. That's, that's right. But a heavy air cover against that same light strike is a nine up. Because those those heavy assets are slow. Right. So you can use them both for either, but the heavy air cover is way better for the heavy strikes and the heavy strafings and bombings, and. uh and the light air cover is much better against the nimble strikes and light bombings. So looking at these, is there an offensive one that's kind of has the best chance of surviving? Like my, my heart says the heavy strike is probably the closest. Heavy bombing is six up and 11 up. The heavy bombing is, yeah, the six and 11. It's the highest numbers. Um, that's true. Okay. Yeah, average. Right. Yeah. Which is interesting. And then heavy strike is the heavies are. Yeah. Using light air defense against light strikes is like easy peasy. Light strike three up, light light defensive air cover versus light bombing four up. Like piece of cake. This almost says just commit to the heavier, harder rolls for the offensives because it's harder to get rid of them defensively. Right. So there's your balance, Josh. Is that is it? Uh, light bombs, though devastating, are also very easy to counter if your opponent is going defensively instead of offensively. So save some money for some air cover, but you're still going to get bombed somehow if they roll, you know, above a six or seven. The coolest part, in my opinion, about this whole strafing and then defense system is it introduces a little bit of game theory into the game, which is awesome. What is my opponent going to do? What should I counter that with? Are they thinking that I'm going to counter that? Are they going to take, is my opponent going to take 10 light strikes? Should I take 10 light defensive air covers? And then, oh, I love that. I love that. Dustin kind of gets worse. It does. It gets so much worse. Oh, tell me. Because, well, you don't have the battlefield support deck yet. Uh. <laughs> so in the battlefield support deck, which we keep talking about, yep. it, it's nice because it has the rules. So all this starts on like page 75 of the battle mech manual, right. but the, but the deck that you can get comes with the rules for each thing in it as a, as a card. So, you, you know, you don't have to have the BMM in front of you. But what it does have is an optional an optional hidden aerospace rules. <laughs> so it actually comes with a, uh, a single card called a bluff. So instead of you declaring during the firing phase, my, you know, my light bombing is going to attack your elementals. You can just, they just put down however many cards they want face down. And those are all aerospace 
fighters coming in. And then you have your cover, your light or heavy, and you randomly assign them to whatever, whatever ones. And you don't know what they are. And one of them could even be a bluff where it's just nothing. And you've just wasted your, your heavy air cover. Ah. So that is an optional thing. Both people have to agree to it. I have not used that yet um, for the, like. Is this some other card game with trap cards and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have to believe in the heart of the cards, Dustin. You have to. Yeah. I would actually feel like, well, we'll get to that. But me randomly draw like this turn, I get this. <laughs> Well, this, yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting thing where you just you just have a bunch of cards and you just this is this is the battlefield support. I get this turn. Yeah. Yeah. No, you still you still buy it. It's just you you don't have to tell them what you're like. You don't have to say if it's a heavy strike or a strafe. You just say that you're attacking with aerospace and and what do you want to defend with? And that's that's just a lot of luck. And it's it's almost too much luck for me. But after I play around with it a bit more, I'll know I'll know how it feels, and then I'll, I'll decide if it's a good feeling or a bad feeling. Are we ready for stars? <laughs> yes, stars. Do it. Light air defense cover, heavy air defense cover. Are they the same? I don't. I, I don't want to give them five out of five because then that kind of just says they invalidate something else that's good. Right. And I hate. I hate to say the offensive is good. So your defensive, that means you can't use your offensive is even better. And I'm like, it's a bad feeling. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so things that bring bad feelings can't get perfect fives. I would, Uh, I would rather instead of it just completely shoots down, I would rather it just make the target number higher. Ooh, interesting. Like, I feel like you still get a chance. You still get a roll. Like they get to roll and see if it cancels it's out like plus and then, two or something. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you you had a five up to hit me with your light strike. Now it's a eight up. It's like you can still do it, but I've interrupted you, and you can't guarantee it this turn. So yeah, I mean three and a half. Okay, stars. It, it's necessary, but uh, but it can it can introduce some bad feelings. Unnecessary evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. I wish. I would rather there be fun, fun offensive defensive play rather than I cancel out your offensive card because yeah. that's just kind of lame. Well, you still do have to roll the dice. Yeah. Then I'm just rolling against his rolls, and that's not what I'm here for. Okay. All but, right. Yeah. So for the battle mech manual stuff, we got one left, right? Yeah. Yeah, we got a uh, the artillery. So you know, all of this, all of the rest has been air assets. And there's only three technically for ground assets. <laughs> I feel like there was some, you know, treadhead anti-bias in this. That's what, <laughs> that's what the Tukiyed book is for, but we'll get there. We've got artillery. So let's go with the first one, the Thumper artillery system. Yeah, that's right. For all you bull shark pilots out there. Yeah. So the Thumper needs an eight up to hit. Is the first that has an area of effect that is multiple hexes. So the first hex it hits in is three groups of five damage, and the hexes all surrounding that first hex is one group of five. So it's a you know splash damage. It's the best way to put it. Yeah, and that yeah. costs three battlefield support points. Now this one, the one that that's the the point of impact. So the three groups, that one you roll randomly for the uh, for the front back damage, but all the surrounding hexes. You use the impact point as the point of origin, and that's the um, that that's the the table that you roll on 
for for the unit damage from there. So if it hits like right behind another unit, then it's the rear table for that. Also, if it scatters, original target hex is the point of origin. So the scattering would cause it to hit on a different location instead of rolling randomly for uh, for front or rear. Yep. So one d six for direction, and then margin of failure for how far. And with an eight Correct. up, it's probably not hitting where you want it to hit. <laughs> But, Josh, there are ways to lower that number. There are. So the first thing about artillery is you get five redesignated fire plans, I guess is the best way to put it. And these are automatic hits. No roll necessary. You just, your guys on the ground have done the math and they know exactly the wind conditions and the range because they've been yep. firing dummy rounds at it all afternoon. Yep. <laughs> they have pre- prepared for this. So in an average game, you get five, five of these hexes to write down and keep secret. Right. There are little caveats, but but that's all in the rules that you can you can look up. Yeah. Uh, other ways to lower that is if you have a spotting unit. If that spotting unit spots for, uh, oh yeah, artillery yeah. doesn't come the the turn that you fire it. So on the first fire phase, you say artillery is coming in because it has been fired. On the following turn, that's when it lands. Mm -hmm. So if you have a unit acting as a spotter on both turns, then you get a minus two to your roll. So it's only a six up. If that unit that's spotting fires, then it's only a uh, a minus one. So it's a seven up. But with a uh, area effect, like multiple hex hex hits those misses aren't so bad if you only miss by by one or so yeah that then it's palpable yeah and then you're still doing a little bit of damage yeah still taking out those elementals and infantry though <laughs> yeah. in a big way yeah so i would say if you see a mech with you know elementals or something that's moving towards that pre-designated hex like i, I would say designate hexes the same way that you would designate minefields one hundred percent. Find those places where you'd want to be, and say that that heavy woods right there, uh, surrounded by by level one partial cover. I'm gonna I'm gonna zero that one in, up there, or that nice spot on a hill where where your uh, sniper mech can just sit back and and fire its its uh, long range firepower without much risk because of all the terrain. You know, pre designate those and, and just just punish anyone who decides to use that. So the the thumper you said was was three in the in the detonation hex and then one group surrounding it. Correct. The uh, the sniper is a little bit more powerful, so it's mm-hmm. four groups in the uh, in the impact hex and two for everyone surrounding it. That's four support points. Yep, yep. And then for six support points, you get the long tom, which oh, is beautiful. five groups of five in the primary hex. Then every hex touching that is three groups of five. And then every tech hex touching that is another group of five. You do a lot of damage with that. That's a big radius. But they're expensive. Artillery can also uh, be used to clear minefields accidentally. Ah. Um, but it's only the the impact hex. It's not the splash damage um, surrounding hexes. Oh, good to know. Uh, and then it's still, it's still a 10 up. That's an expensive mine clearing round. Yeah, you want that to just be, uh, you know, an also effect, not a not an intended effect. So based on that math, you can have two thumpers or one long tom. You can have two long toms or three snipers <laughs> or four thumpers for the same amount. Yeah. Yes. 
they all work the same. That that's that's the issue. The only thing you're paying more for is damage, and then the long tom, that one extra hex, which is twelve extra hexes. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Radius two versus three hexes is pretty huge difference. Um, yeah, I have used or I've used arrow four in classic battle tech, and you'd think one hex in the surrounding hexes is like a lot, but it's kind of not. I've always wanted the extra. I want the third. I've always wanted the third radius. Well, if you go with four thumpers, you get five pre pre designated hexes for each thumper. Yep. Now, oh, a pre designated okay. hex is assigned to that artillery piece. So just because you have one thumper that has like that heavy woods mm-hmm. heavy woods uh, dedicated, you have to dedicate it individually for each for each uh, artillery piece. If you want an <laughs> auto hit on that hex, oh, okay. See, I must have, I, I misread the rules. I thought you picked five hexes, and then that was it. Whatever artillery you had was coming in on those five hexes. You so can you can pick the same hexes if you want, right? For each one, but you can't just like, oh, I've picked five, and all of those get to share those five. There are like like other weird rules as well. Uh, you'll just have to read through that. Okay. But uh, it's not it's not super difficult. And once you play it a few times, you'll be like, oh yeah, it makes sense. So out of those three. Do we have a favorite? I, I like the big guns. I, I like the long tom. I just do. It makes the big bang. Boom. Big boom. Yep. What about you? Even Justin? if I don't fire many of them, just the fact that I've got some scares my opponents. Yes. So I guess that kind of goes back to the original. Does your opponent know what you buy at the start of the game? No. They know yeah. when you use it. Correct. So they don't know that you have a long tom until the long tom is firing. Then the next turn, they know that it's hitting. And they don't yep. even know that it's long tom. You just announce that there's incoming artillery. If a player wishes to use one or more support types, they must declare their use during the attack declaration portion of the weapon attack phase. So I think uh, you do have to say, I fire a long tom. Okay. But you can't take it. There's no backsies, no take backs. Right. Yeah, right. They, it's they, they're like, all right, there's 13 hexes in a three hex radius that are right. And you have to have all this stuff written down so that, so that, uh, you know, they can... somebody can say, <laughs> I call BS, yep. you know, let me, let me see that. And then you're like, yeah, it's right. It's written right here. Nope. And I've got these all checked off. There's several megatons of payload heading your way, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we pick between the three, I think Dustin was leading into, there are multiple weapon options for the long Tom, multiple payloads, I should say. True. There's two so, that are less exciting, right? Whoa, less exciting. Everyone loves illumination long tom <laughs> rounds. You roll the exact same. You spot the exact same. It's just now you get... Yeah, there's a couple different uh, munition types. Uh, illumination or smoke does exactly what it sounds like. It either lights up a series of hexes or it makes them into, into portable trees. Uh, the cost for each of those is the battlefield support point cost of the artillery support that you're using divided in half, rounded down. Mm. So it's one for a thumper size, two for a sniper, and a three for a long tom. Nice. So that's good for missions at night where you don't want to light yourself up with uh, by using your spotlight. Mm-hmm. Or if you're playing Mega Mech and your spotlight gets blown up because that happens a lot. <laughs> Uh, and then smoke just makes groups of of uh, level two high cover. Yeah, put trees in your pocket. Sorry, concealment, not cover. Uh, Sorry, guys. It's okay. But the good thing about the smoke is it's heavy smoke, and it remains in play for the rest of the game. This yes, is not this is not one turn smoke. This is 
hey, that open field in front of the objective on their side, it's permanent heavy woods. Wow. And when you're doing a long tom of, of heavy smoke, like that's an instant heavy forest. Yeah, the big giant group of heavy permanent heavy cover in the middle of the I mean you could cover a run especially for like a narrative or a you know mission based game I I actually have to take it all back now like (laughs) the the smoke is pretty exciting Uh, I'm excited to try that out one day illumination I assume can be handy but uh, I don't play enough night missions yeah that's purely for the night mission yeah it's for the I mean the smoke you can you can smoke out a a sniper in their nest they can't do anything Punk, pre you can pre-designate that level four hill, the oh, one yeah. level four hill on the entire map sheet. Everybody knows. Pre-designate it. Firing plan already punched in. For one battlefield support point, you get a thumper with a smoke round, which is one hex, and then all surrounding hexes heavy smoke. Rest of game, and then you drop a bunch of bombs on them, and then you can drop a bunch <laughs> of bombs on them. Get out! Get off my lawn! <laughs> That's insane. It is. That's awesome. And then the other munition for all three of those supports is the copperhead. Now those are the same amount of points as the uh, as the thing itself. They do less damage mm-hmm. because they are guided munitions. So you would you would tag somebody, and then they're they're like homing munitions that they come in and hit, and hit the uh, hit the enemy for. I think it's like one, two, and three damage value groupings for thumper, sniper, and long tom. Yeah. It just does one one group too. It's like right. it's a it's, hole puncher situation. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a homing arrow four. Yeah, so it it doesn't hit the hex; it hits the mech, but it's guided, so it's really easy to hit if you can tag somebody. Now, for artillery, there's not really any defensive way to to prevent them, like there is with uh, with the aerospace support. Yeah. Um, there's no counter batteries. There's there's none of that. Stars. It's expensive. I feel like you always need one. You just need one. I don't care which one, but you're always going to take one artillery. Yeah, but it is expensive and inaccurate and... Eight up is rough. Never happens. Yeah, I, it's still... I mean, like I like all the battlefield support. So, I, you know, obviously I haven't given anything less than a 3.5, even the stuff I don't like. But there's so no I like bad one. There's no bad one. Yeah, yeah. all so of a good it. solid four for all of them. I do like that. Nothing is like... Nothing on this list is like that's hot trash. I'm not taking it. It's all yeah. it's all good. Even the thumper, the lowly eight up thumper, which only does three groups of five, is still an MVP when used correctly. Yeah, the the fact that you can pre designate hexes completely changes artillery. Like, yeah, that eight up's hard, but they're really wanting to tell you, yeah, you you can. You know, risk the dice to hit where you need, but really, really what it's meant to say is pick five hexes and next turn you can do 15, 20, or 25 damage into it. Right. And that that high target number, I think it's really there because of the scatter yeah, so yeah. that you could accidentally hit your unit six hexes away yeah. <laughs> if you really uh, and, and start doing some damage um, to friendly fire. Yeah. I, I used the sniper round and there were four mechs, two of mine, two of his, and I was like, okay, three... It. Half the ways of scatter, I hit something, and of course, I rolled the other <laughs> half, and I was like, I would have taken a, a sniper round to my face if I could hit both of their guys. Nobody calls down artillery on their own units. Well, I guess somebody <laughs> does. But yeah, so that is all of the battlefield support options for the deck. Now, 
do we have any favorite combos? Because all these have points and we have, you know, four recommended point levels. And I feel like most people are going to be taking like maybe 12. Yeah, 12 is a good, a good number. So what are the mandatory takes? Because they're all good. There's no bads. Uh, a light bomber, a light air cover, maybe maybe one air cover of each. So the light bomber, one of each air cover, um, a thumper, and a couple a couple uh, minefields. I think medium are pretty nice, personally. What about you, Dustin? Uh, from the armchair. Gosh, I love light strike. So nice. I love light bombing. So nice. <laughs> You'll never play another way again. And that's the sad part is once once you try the full battlefield it's support so experience, it's so good. I'm paranoid, so I'd definitely take like some air cover, two lights, one heavy. Maybe not. Maybe I'm bluffing you guys out. You'll never know. <laughs> uh, and then I, I would take like a token long tom for fun for my first game, maybe. Kaboom. It's so big. <laughs> that's a lot of hexes. <laughs> Kaboom? I mean, yes, Rico. Kaboom. Uh, Pocket smoke thumper for one point also seems handy. Yeah, those are those are the highlights for me so far. Those, I want to try those out. I feel like you just looked on my list because it's like Josh always takes smoke thumper one one support point. I could have twelve smoke thumpers, (laughs) and it's like everyone's playing. In three hexes of woods. Come brawl with me. uh, Again, like way at the beginning, like third paragraph, players may need to adjudicate some use of battlefield (laughs) support points. (laughs) If a cheesy player wants to fill the whole map with smoke, maybe don't play with them. Anarchy. They didn't say (laughs) I couldn't. They just said don't. Or they just said you shouldn't. They just said, talk it over with your opponent first. Look, all I think about is I can make the entire map smoke, which means, hey, guess what? All your LRMs are worthless. We're <laughs> only brawling now. It's like knife fighting. Like At that point, you're playing hidden units, and it's like B-Galactic Probe, alien movie, like <laughs> Black Knight charges out of the smoke, hatchets, and he goes back into the mist. No one knows where he is. This is amazing. Yeah, this means the mech is in your hex, and you look up and it's DFAing you. Yeah, yeah all that fun stuff. Yeah, no. Then you're playing a completely different game, and that's even better. <laughs> but uh, no, I definitely think a smoke thumper for one's BSP is like that's yeah. That's probably I didn't even think I, I about that. That's I want to say that's the most clear winner in my book, just because the only other thing that's one BSP is light defensive air cover, and that's not that's just canceling something out. This or is I can. Minds. So there, there is no reason for anyone to take a sniper smoke round or or illumination round because it's twice as expensive for the exact same result. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just take the thumper. Take the thumper. Yeah. Either take thumper or the long tom, which makes sense. I feel like the thumper's just you know the more like close range support mortar. Com- yeah. Uh, for the comparison of these, so yeah, you're gonna not have the big damage rounds in that. You're gonna have the support rounds. So I like it. Like I said, take one, maybe take two. Don't get crazy. Don't be that guy. Be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then post it on the Discord so we can hear all about it. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to like mark up, you know, six hexes of smoke now. Yeah. Oh, I've got counters. I've got pre-done cardboard counters of minefield smoke. Yeah, minefields and smoke um, all, ready, all ready to go. Um, so, yeah. Lots of them. You got, you got your always takes, Josh? Uh, like I said, smoke thumper, at least one round two light mines because they're half points so you get those so i've only spent two 
battlefield support points mm. if we're playing not the minimum five because those are the always takes those are the always takes yeah at that point i would do like a light defensive and then an offensive like probably a light air strike for two because that <laughs> that puts me at five you just it, see any, those elementals dying <laughs> yeah well i mean the light airstrike won't do it because that's only two groups of five. I need a bombing for three. So at oh, that yeah. point, I would just go get rid of the light defensive and just go pure one bombing. Oh, Elemental's light light strike uh, is bad against Elemental's because it's two groups of five yeah. rolled against the, the point, the like normal damage. Yeah. The the bombing is the a the the area of effect. That's the one that does the damage to everything. Yeah. 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 So like I said. If I only have five to worry with, it's smoke thumper, two light mines, and a light bombing, just because that's an instant deletus yeah. <laughs> battle armor. Yeah. yeah, that's why I have to have my one light air cover just to defend <laughs> yeah. against against that, if I have elementals. But then what are you, you know. using for your offense? You don't have anything left. I'm using elementals for my <laughs> offense. <laughs> and that's that's probably the biggest takeaway from all this. It's like, you're not going to win the game just with the battlefield support deck you're going no, to change the game not. you're going to change the way your opponent plays you're going to dictate dictate the engagement and you're definitely going to be playing some meta mind games with them mm-hmm. yeah if you think people avoided water before the first time you hit them with a strafing run in the water and they hit the whole line in the head oh. they're just be like oh no nope stay away from that water forever i want to say that's pretty much it do we have any closing thoughts on the battlefield support deck on the, well the deck i love it like i should say on they've on battlefield support right. and the battlefield support deck, I I think just like when they put the the two elemental points into uh, into the the box sets, I think coming out with a battlefield support deck is one of the best things they could have done because each person is supposed to have their own deck, so it's not a deck that you that you bring and share with the other person. So each each person should have their own deck to pick out of, uh, and and then they just they just use them and they have the rules on there. And it's a great reminder, and it's just it's just going to add so much spice to your game. It's not even flavor; it's spice. <laughs> yeah, it's like cumin. <laughs> um, what's the first one you're going to roll up when you get to the table, Dustin? Light strike or light bomb? Okay, you're just going to get it out of the way. Like, just going to yeah, do it. Just do it. <laughs> drop just the pants. It. Drop that load. No, um, I might drop the smoke to try to like shut something down. Just confuse people. Just, yeah. it's just going to confuse. Like, like what? What? What's he going to do next? Nobody knows. Smoke rounds. <laughs> no, I love it. And like All I right. said, I can't wait for everyone to use their Battlefield support. Tell me how you guys are using Battlefield support. I, I just want to touch on that, that some, you know, more books like the, uh, the Tukiad, the Battle of Tukiad also has extra Battlefield support because they introduce the combined arms. So I know that a lot of people like to use vehicles, but it does slow down the game. Um, in using that book, as well as the battle mech manual, you can add vehicles and jump infantry and mechanized infantry on a, on a very abstract level. So you're not buying like a demolisher tank. You're just getting a combat vehicle assault tracked and it does X amount of damage. It's very simplified, but it's more things to spend battlefield support points on. And it just adds, you know, a little bit more spice to your game. It looks like, uh, if, if you like the Battle Mech Manual BSPs, you should definitely check that out. What are you saying, Dustin? Oh, uh, the Tukiid book with the combined arms stuff is like, it just seems like that's how you turn your classic game into an Alpha Strike game without 
playing it's, Alpha Strike. Without playing Alpha Strike, yeah. You know, all the attention is on the mechs, so it's like you're playing Alpha Strike with the vehicles, right. but you're playing Classic with the mechs. Yep, it's like... Yes. Was, Not everyone is, is me who can run, you know, multiple level twos with half their brain. No, but this this does get to get those vehicles and infantry out there in a way that um, that, that more people can have them in their games and, and see the beauty of combined arms. Ooh, I love it. As always, thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us on Facebook at the Mech Bay Podcast. Send us an email at the Mech Bay Podcast at gmail.com. Check out our new YouTube channel for YouTube versions of our podcast, with, you know, like a static picture. And soon we might have some other video content um, coming down on our YouTube channel. Uh, we're also now on Instagram at the Mech Bay Podcast. And remember, without your support, we wouldn't be able to afford the subscription to our Hammerhead's actuator enhancement system. So, appreciate that. Bye, everyone. I look forward to bombing you soon. That didn't sound right. Let's not do that. <laughs>